Welcome back to another episode of Metaphysical AF. And today I'm going to be talking about a TikTok series that I started where I go into in depth about the the origin of the solfeggios frequencies and how the original 12 note annotation scale that we so universally use is actually not the original scale that we were meant to use and is slightly disharmonic with our bodies. So thank you so much for listening. Let's get into it. Now, the research that I have this information from is from a few different sources. One is from a master thesis written by someone about Guido of Arezzo, who is the originator of the Solfeggio frequency, who was a Gregorian monk, as well as mindvibrations.com and Guido's um, Wikipedia page. So I'm just going to jump into it. Some of you probably saw a video that I posted on on um, TikTok today, the other day, whenever you watched it. And it said that this is probably an unpopular opinion, but the chakra system that we know and the bowls and the sounds and all these things are actually not harmonic with our vibrational frequency. They are slightly harmonic, but they're not fully harmonic, it, meaning they don't actually propel you into the manifestations as the original six note scale did. So let's just kind of jump into it. I'm going to start talking about what the solfeggio frequencies are, and I'm going to go from there. So the solfeggio frequencies make up a six tone musical scale. Right now, in modern day, we use a 12 note musical scale. But this was first used in religious music in the 10th century. And music tuned to the frequencies of this scale is known to have a healing property and promote better well-being. Evidence of these frequencies existed as far back as the early biblical times. Now, the solfeggio frequencies are most commonly associated with Gregorian chants. And the chants are a form of monophonic singing and the Roman Catholic faith, dating back all the way to the 9th and 10th centuries. So the original six solfeggio frequencies and their said benefits are as follows. 396 is associated with liberating guilt and fear. 417 uh, associated with undoing situations and facilitating change. 528 associated with transformation and miracles. 639 associated with connecting and relationships. 741 associated with expression and solutions and 852 associated with returning to spiritual order. And these are all in Hertz. So based on the research of this musicologist, Professor Willie Appel, it's likely that this scale was first introduced by a Benedict monk named Guido Diorezzo. And because monks of this order were in the Catholic Church, they had to follow the rules of St. Benedict. So the earliest example of this scale was a musical rendition to a hymn of St. John the Baptist. And I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong because I'm not Latin and I'm definitely going to say it wrong. So it's Ut Quinet Lexis, based on an 8th century poem that was attributed to another monk named Polunus Deconus. So the first stanza of the poem is like Ut Quinet Lexis. Then it says, 
re, resonare, fibrous. And then, so this is like the first line, the second line, the third line, the fourth line, the fifth line, the sixth line, the seventh line. So the first symbol of each of the beginning of the lines are actually ut, re, mi, fa, so, la. Does that sound familiar? Because it is. It's the basis for do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, which is the scale used by most vocalists today. This adds another note to the original six-tone solfege. So the meaning behind the solfeggio frequencies, what makes this so significant, is still really being talked about 100 years later. There's the musical and religious importance mentioned about it, but these frequencies are also said to have healing attributes. And this is what Guido knew. So Guido was training these Gregorian monks to be able to sing on these scales so that they were actually eliciting some type of healing for the people that were coming into the into the church. So when first introduced, the, sulfe the, the solfeggio frequencies had benefits, and it's easy to be skeptical and outright dismissive of them. But however, humans have long believed in the healing power of music. And this modern day scientific research has actually been proven through studies that have done at, through studies that have been done at Harvard. So much of the Greek physicians used flutes and lyres and zitters to heal their patients. They used vibration to aid in digestion and treat mental disturbances and even induce sleep. So music is a part of the natural cycle of life because music is based on rhythm and harmony and human life is also based on rhythm. So day and night, seasonal changes in all physiological and biological functions are rhythmic. So even the ancient Egyptians described musical incantations for healing the sick. So, but in modern day, science has been able to back up exactly what our ancestors really discovered. So another study found that music has a positive effect on the autonomic nervous system and endocrine system, reducing stress in the process. So let's fast forward a little bit to why these solfeggio frequencies were forgotten or not used for a really long time. So despite being lost for hundreds of years, they were finally recovered in the early 1970s. And a doctor by the name of Dr. Horowitz, um, the, he discovered, he realized that the 528 frequency was and could be used to repair DNA. This would explain why the Latin word for miracles is mira gestorum. Remember, the 528 hertz is me on the original scale, M-I. So sometime near the 16th century, this 12-tone equal temperament was created in Renaissance Italy and rapidly gained popularity. And just, you know, as such, the just in notation method of tuning was used, uh, which used the six-tone solfeggio was gradually replaced. And there's a lot of controversy and conspiracy on why this happened, because Guido di Arezzo was invited to go to see the Pope. And after his meeting with the Pope, this 12-note scale was introduced. So um, many people, like David B. Dottie, considered the 12-note scale to be really rigid and way too confining. And in his book, The Just Innotation Primer, he describes the ancient six-tone scale as having a certain clarity and smoothness that today's music just doesn't have because it's on the 12-note scale. 
this is probably a reason that masters like um, the reason why masters of just notation like Beethoven are still praised to this day. It, the reason you like Beethoven is because he's performing on a six note scale. He's not performing on a 12 note scale. So there's also this possibility that some of the content was lost because of the period that developed during the time of Guido de Rezzo's lifetime, which was a lot of um, Western Europe's Middle Ages. So his death also came during a period of great contention between the Western Christian Church, which is known today as the Roman Catholic Church, and the Eastern Church, which we in the West now call the Eastern Orthodox Church. So this led to what was called the Great Schism of 1054, which was a separation that still exists to this day. While the Eastern Church and Eastern Roman, or Byzant, um, Byzantine, Byzantine, Byzantine Empire, uh, was very active in preserving Western artifacts during the Middle Ages. They would have very little reason to preserve a musical scale created by the Western church, especially since the Eastern church had their own scale at the time, which was eight tones. In short, it's not impossible that the Solfeggio was actually lost in history because of this battle between these churches. In fact, the historical records place the introduction and rise of the 12 tone scale in the century just preceding what historians consider the end of the Middle Ages. So regardless of why exactly the six-tone scale was replaced by the 12-tone scale, the latter arguably gave rise to some of the West's greatest composers. But many believers, um, but many believe it has also contributed to some of the spiritual problems in the modern world. They argue that the modern scale restricts our thinking, stifles our emotions, produces lower consciousness, and can even create physical problems. We talk about this with the way that um, music is produced today. And all music used to be produced on the 432 hertz scale until a certain time when it was changed to be on the 440 hertz scale. You can look at anything that you're recording right now, if you're using Audiotronic Pro or GarageBand or anything, and you can look at your project rate in hertz. This is gonna tell you how many hertz your is your content is being produced at. It's generally 440 or even 441. And you can't change it. So if I try to change it right now, I can change it to 3200, I can change it to 4800, but I can't actually change it to any of the solfeggio scales. Why not? Why not, right? I wonder why. So in the 20th century, a music journalist from Germany claimed that all consonant intervals, save the octave, are mistuned by the modern 12-tone scale. Interestingly enough, many historians mark the beginning of the Age of Enlightenment, noted for an increased secularism in Europe just decades after the creation of the 12-tone equal temperament. Because music also became more and more secular during this period, removing itself from the influence of the Christian church. It's interesting to consider the changing attitudes in a period when the musical scale changed from six tones to 12 tones. So how were these solfeggio frequencies even recovered? So the man credited with the discovery is Dr. Joseph Puglio, who also wrote briefly under the pseudonym Joseph Barber. He discovered 
that when looked at through the Pythagorean method of number reduction, the Old Testament's books of numbers contained a repeating pattern. This was specifically obvious in verses 12 through 83 of chapter 7. So Pythagoras was, a, you know, an ancient Greek mathematician, and he was most famous for his Pythagorean theorem, which explains the relationship between sides of a right triangle using the equation a squared plus b squared equals c squared. But not only was Pythagoras important to math, he had a tremendous impact on the ancient Greek philosophers from Plato to Socrates. And the Pythagorean method used by Dr. Puleo requires one to add all the digits of a larger number together. For instance, the number 18 would become 9. If the result is still a multi-digit number, the process is repeated. 184 is reduced to 13, which is reduced to 4. So when Dr. Puleo applied his method to chapter 7, starting with verse 12, he noticed the pattern developing with every sixth verse. Verse 12, 18, 24, 30, and so on repeated the sequence 3, 9, 6. Verse 13, 19, 25, 31 repeated 4, 1, 7. 396 and 417 are the first two frequencies of the solfeggio. And Dr. Puglio un uncovered a further three frequencies by repeating this process, which now form an extension to the scale. So in the modern day, we have the original six frequencies and a further modern three. He then laid out all of this in a book called Healing Codes for the Biblical Apocalypse. So Puglio explains that a vision led him to investigate and, un and uncover the frequencies. Of course, skeptics dispute this, but we all know when, when you get something direct from source, you get it direct from source. And of course, the more spiritual and religious people, on the other hand, were very open to this explanation. They understand that this is often someone's intuition or a vision or, you know, things that lead back to the creator. People postulate that it is more likely that Julio studied the Gregorian chants and other musical history, which led him to investigate the Bible and happen upon this. There are hundreds of references to music in the 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 books of the New Testament. From these references, Puglia was able to uncover the code and share it with Dr. Leonard Horowitz. This led to modern popular interests in the tone, with experts like David Hulse, who is a sound therapy pioneer with over 40 years of experience describing the frequencies accordingly and developing the descriptions we actually have today. So it is important to note that the independent of these discovery exists on individual frequencies of the Solfeggio frequencies, particularly 528 hertz. So the three modern Solfeggio frequencies that Dr. Puglio unearthed are 174, which is associated with pain reduction and anesthetic properties, 285 hertz, associated with cellular repair, body regeneration, and better immunity, and 963 hertz, associated with spiritually awakening and connecting to the oneness of the universe. If we continue to apply the Pythagorean method to the Solfeggio frequencies, we find that each of them adds up to three, six, or nine. And there are two frequencies in the original scale. And three, if we include all nine frequencies, that include the numbers three, six, and nine. And note the Nikola Tesla's famous quote, 
If you only knew the magnificence of three, six, and nine, then you would have a key to the universe. Tesla wasn't the only one who believed this. So another notable inventor and engineer, John Keeley, wrote that thirds and sixths and ninths were extraordinarily powerful and documented the extraordinary effectiveness of vibratory third, sixth, and ninths in manipulating matter on a, on a molecular level. So you don't have to believe that solfeggio frequencies are a miracle cure for them to benefit you. It's actually undeniable that through history, music has been contributed to well-being and healing, and that's now confirmed in even modern scientific literature. Music is given great significance in the Bible, in Greek mythology, ancient Egypt, and even among famous Greek philosophers like Aristotle and Plato. Albert Einstein said, concerning matter, we have all been wrong. What we have called matter is energy, whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. So music is vibration, and music that vibrates at the right frequency has a positive effect on your body, your mind, and everything else. Music has the ability to make you feel calm and alleviate stress and anxiety, and it can also lower blood pressure and reduce pain. Certain music is even more effective than others because of its specific frequency blueprint. And that's why solfeggio frequency is healing for the mind and body. So a lot of the times, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about how modern music is not healing, that it is actually very disharmonic with our bodies. And that is the video that I posted on TikTok talking about how some of the things that you see, if you're not listening to solfeggio frequencies, you're listening to disharmonic frequencies. You can even put solfeggio frequencies into your content. Um, there's this trend on TikTok right now where there's, you know, a frequency and people are just playing with it and being like, oh, I got $500 after playing this frequency. And it's like, one, no, you didn't. Two, show us the receipts. And three, do you even know what you're talking about? Like, no, it, it's, that's neither here nor there. But so let's go into talking more about the Gregorian chants. And Grego, I'm sorry, Guido de Arezzo's, uh, kind of, you know, why he did what he did. So Guido would rise from monsonic or monostatic obscurity to enduring fame with the introduction of his theory of psalmonization, developed in response to the need to help young monks learn and memorize their repertoire more easily, which Marinus Gushy writes, quote, had previously depended almost exclusively on oral repetition, repetition and pro and like just enormous feats of memory. So Anna Marie Busi Berger writes that this task was a formidable one, citing Kenneth Levy, who adds his own calculations of those of Michael Huglow, considering that the chants, introits, graduals, tracks, officiatories, communions would total 75 to 80 hours of material, corresponding to the selection of Beethoven's instrumental works plus the full Wagerian canon. So it was taking a lot for these Gregorian monks to learn the chants. So what's the primacy of a Gregorian chant? So what 
is known as, quote, Gregorian chants, has its genus and legend through that of Pope Gregory I, who was named the Great. Both the Oxford history and Western music, and a history of Western music indeed, title their sections on this subject. The legend of St. Gregory, Gregory, the legend of St. Gregory. Gregorian chants would supersede earlier chant dialects reflecting local and religious rites. So liturgical chant was free rather than metered in rhythm and was described and designed to be sung as solo and a unison plain song. The simple chants, according to a history of Western music, are the formulas for intoning prayers and Bible readings such as the collect, epistle, and gospel. Here, the music soul's uh, purpose is to protect the words clearly without embellishment. You've just listened to the Metaphysical AF Podcast with Maggie Wilson. To become a sponsor, email us at metaphysicalaf at gmail.com. For exclusive meditation practices and journal prompts, sign up on Patreon at patreon.com slash metaphysicalaf. To get your copy of the Metaphysical Cannabis Oracle Deck, named one of the best Oracle Decks of 2022, follow the link in the description to purchase from your preferred avenue. Reach out to book a reading with Maggie before space fills up. Don't forget to rate, review, and download the podcast to be notified when new episodes are live. Visit the Shopify store to get your curated energetic clearing kit for your home office and personal energy. Abracadabra.